Super quick announcement before I get into today's episode. So I am in the process of building my very first course. So I have a lot of ideas and thoughts going out into the future about, you know, fitness courses, finance courses, even some faith courses if we ever get to that point. But right now I have built a fat loss course. I'm calling it Full Throttle Fat Loss. And the full complete version is going to be set to launch at the end of this year, probably sometime in November. And this thing, man, I am trying to make this into the most comprehensive source or resource that you can find anywhere when it comes to fat loss, right? I've been in the fitness world now for many, many, many years. And growing up, some of you guys already know my story. I grew up as a very big kid. My whole family is overweight, out of shape. I was made fun of. I was picked on. I was all those things. And then by God's grace alone, I turned it around when I graduated high school. I discovered competitive bodybuilding and the rest is history. But I say all that to say that I've made a ton of mistakes along the way. But one thing I think I've kind of figured out is how to lose fat and how to do it effectively and efficiently. So I'm building out a course with everything, man. PDFs, checklists, Google tracking sheets that have formulas built in to keep you on track, videos explaining the content, videos demonstrating the exercise, the exercises, private Facebook groups where all of the people in the program can communicate with one another and encourage one another and motivate one another. You guys can ask each other questions. You can ask me questions, all that stuff. When the full version launches later this year, it is not going to be cheap because I think that this thing is going to provide a ton of value. But what I am looking for right now is I am looking for some beta testers to go through a beta version of the program. It's going to be a nine-week version. It's going to be set to launch sometime around the middle of September. And I'm only looking for about 12 to 15 beta testers. And this is really the first public announcement I'm making about this. I did a couple of things. I sent out an email to some people and I made an announcement on the Facebook group. Uh, not the Facebook group, but the face the weekly uh, Facebook Q&A event the last couple Tuesdays, and they're already almost filled up. I already have pretty much almost, well, not pretty much almost. I almost have the 15 people that I'm looking for. I've got people that are already pretty interested, and so I wanted to let you guys know there will be a link in the show notes. If you are interested, man, click that link just to get a little bit more information about what the program will entail. And if you're interested, let me know. And if it makes sense for you after I learn a little bit more about what you're trying to do, then we will try to get you in the beta group. And it won't be free, but it will be a a significantly reduced discounted rate. And if you are part of the beta group, then you will be grandfathered in to all full versions and all updates and permanent access to the Facebook group. So I wanted to mention that. But uh, without further ado, man, let's get into today's podcast. Jim Schultz here for the FQ Podcast. Man, it's a Wednesday and uh, yeah, you know, Wednesday, middle, late summer, just trying to power through life, man, just trying to grind it out at this point and so uh you know got a fun little piece ready to go for you guys today today i want to talk about some trigger foods so today i want to talk about those one or two foods that you know what they are that as soon as they hit your lips man 
Frank the Tank style. It is over, man. It is game over. We all have these foods. Now, I don't care how much of a flexible dieter you might be. I mean, I'm all in on flexible dieting. Still, we all have these foods. We all have those one or two or three or half a dozen foods that we just so easily overeat on. That we just so easily you know, overconsume and indulge ourselves on when these foods are around. And so I really want to, you know, I want to encourage you guys and lift you guys up and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I just want to say, I want to, you know, let's kind of layer on a little bit of common sense, right? So take the flexible dieting framework, which, you know, if you guys have been following me for any length of time, you know that this is what, you know, this is what I'm all about. I am all about finding foods that you enjoy, figuring out the right balance of those foods, like within your macro targets and what have you, and then enjoying the process, right? I mean, dieting is hard enough. Losing fat is hard enough. Gaining muscle is hard enough. The whole process of becoming more physically fit is very, very challenging. So I think... And the science really backs this up. Why not choose foods that you enjoy to help you get to that to get to that end goal, right? There's no real added benefit to eating bland chicken and unsalted broccoli every meal from now until the end of time. There's really no added benefit to that at all. And I say this coming from a point of, you know, in my college days, as I shared, I think it may have been one of my YouTube videos. It was in the Road to the Pros series, which I've just realized in saying this, I am long overdue for a Road to the Pros update video. But if you go to the YouTube channel, I did a video on the mistakes that I made and what I would do differently today if I could do it all over again. Like if I had the first, wow, 17 years of my bodybuilding career to do again, what would I do differently? Well, one of the things I would do differently is not fall into the trap of thinking, that if it tastes bad, then it's going to be good for me. If it doesn't taste bad, then it's going to be bad for me. If it tastes good, I need to avoid it. And you know, that largely that is there is some truth to that. But if you take it to the extreme and you don't really, you know, layer on any shades of gray, then you find yourself in a, in a difficult spot. But all that to say, so I'm the biggest flexible dieter that you will meet. But still, I am aware that there are certain foods that are just not a great idea for me to have if I want to stay on track. Like for me, the two that pop into my mind right away are brownies and chocolate chip cookies. You get me around a brownie, you get me around a pan of brownies, there, is, there hasn't been a single pan of brownies that I have ever met that I haven't fallen in love with. There hasn't been a single chocolate chip cookie. Even the really bad ones, man. Even the ones that are like three days old. They're hard as a rock. You might as well be chewing on cement. I don't even care. I'm like, this thing is amazing. Like, that's just, that's just my relationship with brownies and chocolate chip cookies. And so I, I know this. So I know that even if I can fit them into my macros, which we'll talk about that in a second, but let's just assume that I can make the numbers work. It's just not a great idea for me to have these foods 
when I'm in a real serious fat loss phase. When I'm really dialed in with my nutrition and trying to nail my macros, man, I should probably leave the brownies and the chocolate chip cookies on the shelf because those are trigger foods for me. I can't. I mean, I can, of course. Nothing is impossible. But I just know myself. And the likelihood that I'm only going to have one and a half chocolate chip cookies or the likelihood that I'm only going to have 120 grams of brownies is very, very low. It's pretty much zero. I am going to overeat on these foods. And then my macros are going to get all blown out of proportion. And then I'm going to be playing catch up the rest of the week or the rest of the month. Or, you know, depending on how much damage I did. Depending on whether or not there were walnuts in the brownies. And so, I just, I know this about myself, right? So, you know, to channel my inner Gary V, you know, you've got to deploy some self-awareness. And I am highly self-aware that those are two foods that I probably should not include from an overconsumption standpoint. But here's a second reason to maybe not utilize those foods too often. And this is a great segue into kind of how I want to wrap this up today. Even if I could fit them in, even if they weren't trigger foods, you know, chocolate chip cookies and brownies and stuff, they're not going to be very rich in nutrients. (laughs) They're not going to offer my body or my system, you know, too much bang for my buck. You know, I don't really like to use the term empty empty calories because there really are, there is no such thing as an empty calorie. But nevertheless, it's pretty close to the mark here. Now, it's probably not as bad as like a beer or something like that. Like those are really, really empty calories if we're going to use the phrase empty calories. I think there are at least some redemptive qualities about a cookie or a brownie. But it's not going to be nearly as nutritious as, you know, your more classic options like oatmeal, like sweet potatoes, like white potatoes, like bread even, like cereal even, right? So even foods that you you would normally classify as being a little bit more taboo, are still going to probably be better options than brownies or cookies. Now, of course, I chose two sweets as my examples. You don't have to choose sweets as your example, right? Like your trigger food might be peanut butter, which is not, I mean, it's obviously very sweet, but it's not, it doesn't have the same label as a cookie or a brownie. I mean, peanut butter is kind of a trigger food for me too, but it's not nearly as bad as brownies or cookies. And so I have peanut butter nearly every day. But, With flexible dieting, one of the great things that you're able to do is include foods like this. And there are a number of reasons why you need to be including foods like this. You need to be including non-bodybuilding foods into your diet on a regular basis. And I've got a podcast coming up pretty soon about why I think you should do that. You know, looking at it in kind of an unusual way. But let's say this, at least in this podcast. If nothing else... I firmly believe it will make the likelihood that you stick to the diet now much, much higher because there are no forbidden foods. You're not in like an Adam and Eve scenario, you know, tracing it back to literally the beginning. And that puts your, your body and your mind in a difficult dichotomy where, you know, good foods, bad foods, you know, that kind of stuff. I think that that's a dangerous, a dangerous divide to draw for yourself. But find foods that aren't necessarily trigger foods. So, I mean, again, just using, you know, you probably, listening to me for the last five, six minutes, you probably know, you're like, all right, my trigger foods are fill in the blank, right? Well, I would also spend some time to think about some foods that you enjoy that aren't necessarily trigger foods. So, like, for me, for example, 
the one that pops into my mind is ice cream. So believe it or not, like I'm not infatuated with ice cream. Now, Autumn, my wife, she loves ice cream, like loves ice cream. I enjoy it. Like I really enjoy it. Like it's really good, of course, especially you get that caramel. I think it's a caramel cashew cluster made by uh, So Delicious. It's the ca- I think it's caramel cluster and it's with cashew milk. It is unbelievable. So that stuff is crazy. But generally speaking, I don't I don't typically overindulge on ice cream. It's not a food that I will easily overconsume. So even though it is a sweet and even though it is delicious, for me for whatever reason, I just don't quickly find myself you know, in a, in a state of over, you know, in a state of just total gluttony when it comes to ice cream. And so when I want to go off the beaten path, I'll choose foods like ice cream because it will allow me to let my mind and my body relax a little bit. I can have a food I wouldn't normally otherwise have, and I can stay on track. You know, like another food for me would be like cheesecake. That's another food for me in the same bucket as ice cream. Like I like cheesecake. I really like cheesecake, but I don't feel the pull of cheesecake like I do with brownies or cookies. And so sit down, think about what your trigger foods are. Think about what some non-bodybuilding foods are that aren't trigger foods for you that you can include in your diet on a regular basis. And I really think that this could help you guys out there. You know, I mean, I think I'll, I'll wrap it up with this. I used to think when I started flexible dieting, that, you know, kind of like how clean eaters wear the fact that they only eat chicken and broccoli as kind of a badge of honor. I used to wear as a badge of honor the fact that, oh, I can't have brownies. Hey, man, I'm a flexible dieter, so I'm going to have brownies. I'll show you. Like, I will prove to you that I can make this work. Well, you know, for Joe or Paul or Mary, brownies may not have the same pull on them as they do on me. So they can have those foods. Those are sweet treats that are not really trigger foods for them. But for me, it's a trigger food. And so I've just spent too many times overindulging on these types of foods before I finally said, all right, enough is enough. You know, save the brownies for the off season. Save the brownies for the post-show contest meal. Save those for special occasions and find other answers. So that's it. That's all I got, man. I hope this was helpful for you guys as always. And I will see you guys on Friday. Guys, if you guys have a group or organization or business or conference or whatever, and you think an F-Cube talk would make sense, man, please let me know. I would love to be a part of that conversation. I would love to have have an opportunity to come and speak to your people. Fitness, finance, faith, individually, some blend of the three, whatever. Hit me up, social media, at jschultzf3, email jschultzf3 at gmail. Just let me know and let's make it happen.